Hi everyone, welcome back to Coffee with Craner for an exciting episode today with Roger Francis, the president of Cisco International Americas, which covers Canada, Latin America, the Caribbean, export, and much, much more. Cisco is a leader in Canadian food distribution and food wholesalers and a passionate business partner for customers in the food service industry. I imagine you see their trucks passing you by on the highway. There's a lot to this company and uh, Roger is, is leading um, the company in international Americas. So it's really a pleasure to have you on the show today to talk about business, talk about coffee and um, much more. He was also the chief stores officer at National Vision Incorporated and the former divisional vice president of CVS Health. And he's an alumnus of Wayne State University where he studied pharmacy. So we're gonna be talking about a lot of exciting stuff and I really hope you enjoy this. But the first question, Roger, every show, where in Windsor, Essex is your favorite place to coffee for coffee? Because I know you grew up here. Yeah, I grew up, born and raised here in Linden. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, one of the things that I'll tell you what, this uh, this Jamaican me crazy coffee that you brewed right now here before the show, that's fantastic. I re I'm really enjoying that. So Courtesy this cost. Yeah, this may become one of the, my favorite cups of coffee, not only just for the cup of coffee, but for the interaction that goes on. Listen, when I think about my favorite places for coffee in in Windsor spending so many times so much time in the states every time we cross the border there's something about you got to grab a Timmy's okay yeah. you got to grab a Timmy's so that's one of the things that we like to do but when I'm really here with the family there are two places that that I really like to go and one's down the street right here on Tecumseh it's Lumberjack okay <laughs> it's Lumberjack and and the reason is is because there's a lot of memories of the Lumberjack when my dad owned the bakery down the street on Tecumseh or we'd, we'd run over to Lumberjack, grab some breakfast, he'd sip on a coffee, I'd, I'd, we'd eat our breakfast. So there's a lot of memories associated with that. Plus, one of the owners, Jack, uh, of the Lumberjack, uh, has a great story of how he came into Canada and, and, uh, and, and built it. So that's mm. fascinating to me. It's just it's more than just a cup. It's the experience. There's a new place, too, on, um, on Talbot, near the outlet malls, Leonatas. And anytime you can mix coffee and chocolate, that's a great recipe. It's 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 great environment. If you haven't been there, I'd I'd encourage you I to haven't. go there and take a take a taste test. Okay, count count me in. I won't say no. Um, now, you mentioned uh, Jack from Lumberjack was uh, uh, an immigrant to Canada, yep. built a, a business. And I, I believe your your family is is no different, right? Yeah, my dad. Listen, my dad. Uh, many of you know, you know, my my two brothers and what they do and that stuff. My dad and my mom immigrated to Canada. My dad had a hundred bucks in his pocket in eighth grade education. And, uh, and like many immigrant parents in generations, sought out a better life. Mm -hmm. And you know what? They, they grinded it out to create opportunities for us to do what we uh, have had the opportunity to do. But uh, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And I, I, there's something to be said about this region um, and about this country that allows and affords the opportunity for immigrants to to come over and uh, and, and and really reach their full potential. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. And, and if you're a diehard Coffee with Craner fan, you would know that I interviewed uh, Roger's two brothers. So this is the the trifecta of the Francis family. All brothers were 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 putting together the the puzzle piece with Roger today. Um, Fred Francis was on the show. And uh, Eddie Francis, and now we have we have Roger here today. Do you do surveys for like higher ratings afterwards? Well, Is that how it works? You yeah, you're gonna have to beat the record. So <laughs> we're very we uh, we're we're a very competitive bunch, but we compete 
uh, for each other and not with each other, which is yes, important. Yes, yes. No, exactly. Um, how did you how did you enter the, the food distribution industry? I know I, I mentioned there's a, there's a background in, in vision and, and health and and yeah. pharmacy. What what drew you to Cisco? Yeah, well, you know, listen. If you rewind, if we, you were to rewind the tapes and say to me or ask me the question, "Hey, Raj, would you ever see yourself, um, you know, leading Cisco International Americas or being the president of Canada?" I'd say, "No, I never would have seen that in the cards, mm-hmm. right?" But the thing that comes up is like life has a way of taking you on these journeys, and it, it's a, it's great when you open yourself up to opportunities around the journeys. Well, you know, when you think about it at the core, my father was in food manufacturing and food distribution and pita bread. He did that. But really what really came to it is the relationships that were made along the way. Because you build up transferable skills uh, around leadership and around people, around problem solving and competencies that are needed. And really what happened was leadership along the way, relationships along the way, just afforded me to have a phone call or receive a phone call that provided me this opportunity and I took it. So it was just a network over time that, yeah. that got you to here. And that's exactly what it was. A network over time that, uh, that got me here. So with, uh, prior to this, you were at National Vision. Yep. And then uh, CVS Health. Um, you, you, those obviously were, were critical roles to build your, yep. your influence in, in business. Yeah. Um, what's it been like at, at Cisco? I know it's been... Is it a little over a year now? Yeah, it's about 18 months. 18 How are those 18 months? 18 months have been fast paced, uh, exciting. Uh, you know, anytime you could take a look at, um, anytime you could take a look at the opportunities that exist. And if you're, if you're geared towards capitalizing on opportunities and growing, then it's, it's, it's invigorating. Anytime I have the opportunity to, to learn and apply that learning and deliver results, that's what's exciting to me. And your role is is very intense, and I would imagine compared to the other uh, the other roles you you've had, it's just does it continue to get more intense the the different roles that you're taking on? I think a factor of the the intensity factor is a little bit about the role and a little bit about the wiring of the individual. Okay, so I I think there's a balance between there. Yeah, the role is intense; it's demanding at at times, and you have to be able to balance it. But the individual wiring, wiring into how I operate, who mm-hmm. I am, even my brothers, that's a, that's a variable that gets applied to the equation as well in terms of intensity. Walk us through that. What is, what is it like uh, being president of, of Cisco International Americas? What's the day in the life of, of Roger? Um, it's a lot of calls. It's a lot of meetings, okay? But it's not necessarily operating in the here and and now okay you're proud you're we're looking more out into the future looking around the corners around you know how do we how do we continue to be focused on what the trends are happening in the market and anticipating consumer demand that's what the majority of the time is spent as we look forward to it and so there's a lot of strategy uh development there's a lot of um uh, there's a lot of um, how does that strategy translate to tactical initiatives over a period of time? And there's also a lot of when you have multiple responsibilities across different countries, you have countries that are in different levels of maturity. So it's like, how do you start to set up what's applicable for Canada versus Mexico versus the Bahamas 
or international export. So it's really kind of thinking through what are the strategic initiatives mm -hmm. that are developed based off of the customer needs, and then how do you layer on tactical um, steps or initiatives that will help you deliver that strategy. And now looking back the 18 months that you've been here, what's been the most eye-opening to you, if you had to think? That's a great question. If I take a look at the last 18 months, one of the things that um, I'm extremely uh, pleased with, okay, because uh, so, you come in and you do a quick SWOT assessment around what, what it is. Mm -hmm. Here's the one thing that I love about, um, you know, um, the, the role and the team specifically. The team, um, you get into an organization this size and you could easily get to the point where silos are built up. And as leaders, the most important thing is to break down silos between departments mm -hmm. so that you could be nimble and you could be agile and you can make things happen again for the customer. One of the things I'm pleasantly surprised with is that, you know, culturally, the organization is a, hey, what do we need to do? How do we roll up our sleeves and how do we get it done? So the silos are, are really non-existent across functions and across regional operations. And that affords us the opportunity of going quickly to market with what we need to. And in your portfolio, how, how I guess, how many people are you overseeing? In the Canadian business, there's approximately 7,000 colleagues. Just in the Canadian business, Canadian business, we have seventeen. Uh, we have seventeen different locations across the across the country, from coast to coast, from BC all the way out to the to, to, to the Rock. Right, we have seventeen different locations and everything in between, and we have about seven thousand colleagues within the within the uh, the network within the Cisco family. That's a that's a lot of oversight, but like you said, you're not in the the day to day operations. It's more of five. 10. Well, you trust yourself to, to build a team that has the capabilities of leading the day-to-day -day and, and, and leading these colleagues through what needs to be needs to be done. And in our business, listen, they, while you spend your time up looking out, you also have to be able to swoop in and get low at mm -hmm. times. So while my time is spent maybe looking out a few years, they're the, my, my most enjoyable points of my job is actually when I get to travel the different sites and spend time with the colleagues and spend time in operations, spend time with our sales uh, sales colleagues and with our customers. One of the things I love doing is sitting down with a customer around the table and saying, hey, what's going on? What can we do to help? Mm -hmm. And uh, because at the end of the day, we cannot lose sight of, um, we can't, let me put it this way, we can't look inside out. We need to always look outside in. We have to be able to be a customer-centric organization that looks to gather input and feedback from the customers and challenge ourselves to do better to meet their needs, not only for today, but for tomorrow. Well said. Thank you. Now, I mentioned a little bit about uh, Cisco does, mm -hmm. um, but for those who are not a customer, haven't um, had to use your services. Could you just share a little bit about, um, I, I guess, things behind the scenes that people don't realize Cisco helped do this, just in their, their everyday life? Yeah. So when you think about Cisco, and you, or when you see the trucks yeah. on the road, many people will think about Cisco as, okay, you're delivering groceries to, to the restaurants. Well, there's more than just to the restaurants. 
you know, healthcare is a major customer of ours. So oh. when you're thinking about the hospital systems yep. and the healthcare network, a major cu customer of, of, of um, Cisco, right? If you take a look at education, that's a major piece. When you take a look at camps, whether it's uh, forestry, major opportunity, major customer for Cisco. So the reach is further than just your full service restaurants or your quick service restaurants. It goes deeper into the communities. And our team is not only a supply chain operations team with their drivers and our warehouse colleagues, there's also a robust sales team that are embedded in the communities that they uh, work and live. I'll tell you this, this is my home community. One of the things my first tours was, when I started, was to spend time with this sales team in my home community. And, um, you know, growing up, going to high school at Holy Names, you get a lot of friends that have, you know, family that own restaurants. And when I was sitting at, the, when I was sitting at dinner with the team, and I'm hearing the colleagues on the sales team talking and sharing stories about their customers that I know that I grew up with and there wasn't any differentiation between how well they knew. Yeah. Tells me that, you know, that's the most important thing because they know them just as well as I knew them growing up. Yeah. So the sales force embedding in the local communities, being able to really listen to what the customers need and to provide that is invigorating to me. Then the, on the, on the other, other backside of things, we have built out a culinary force that helps our local operators tap into menu creations, way of thinking through saving on costs to menu innovation and or product service delivery. That's all done behind the scenes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I, I wanna pick a, a piece of what you said and you've been saying it a few times, your colleagues. Yes. You don't say your employees. No. Why? Why? You know, when you think about it, you view it as everyone has. Uh, it's not a top-down type of piece. Like these are my employees. I don't view it that way. Yeah. They're all colleagues, and here's the thing that comes into it. You get to a certain point in your life, okay, um, where you wake up every day and you think about what am I doing, okay, and why am I doing it. One of the things, whether it was with National Vision, whether it was with CBS Health, and what I've learned along the way now, even with Cisco, is the importance of purpose. Purpose matters. Mm -hmm. You could go to work, punch a clock, do whatever you have to do. And our purpose at Cisco is to connect the world to share food and care for one another. Connect the world to share food and care for one another. And like I shared with you, where's your favorite place for coffee? I remember the moments where I went to the lumberjack with my dad and it wasn't about necessarily just the coffee. Mm -hmm. It was about the experience. So um, when I think about the important things at, and why I say colleagues, because my colleagues and I are bringing our purpose to life. Yeah, It's not one individual. It's every single individual that's making that happen. Yeah, I, I really, uh, a lot of respect for that because you, you see in these, these massive organizations where there's a president, you said 7,000 um, people that you're you're overseeing technically. But it, uh, yeah, I really commend you for, for taking that approach. I think uh, more, organi more organizations need to take that approach, right?
not uh, a top down but bottom up yeah and and you know at times it's a meet in the middle okay but it's uh it really comes down to where's the focus and uh never losing sight of how important two things are important one is what's your guiding light if you will from a purpose perspective and then two um how do you make sure the customer is always in the room because you can't read your own press clippings you got to be able to always think about how you can make it better for the customers and your colleagues and let's dive into dive into this uh, a bit deeper uh, what would you say your leadership style is at uh at cisco um, obviously it's yeah, everyone's on the same line everyone's working together mm -hmm. um, you can go into that a little bit further when you first entered the organization uh, what was the the flair you wanted to, to add at Cisco well listen I think your leadership style evolves over time and um, it evolves through a series of mistakes you learn okay you um, you know I tell my boys I got two boys Preston's 17 uh, uh, Pierce is soon to be 18 and when you think about it, the thing that I tell them is, you know, the word fail means first attempt in learning. So I think Never heard that before. what happens is your leadership style evolves based off of your experiences, your, your competencies develop, and in your mistakes. Here's my leadership style. It's inclusive in nature, okay? Uh, maybe that's because I'm the middle child. I'm always kind of like saying, Eddie, what are you doing? And Freddie, what are you doing? And how do we pull it all together? Maybe there's a little bit of that coming into play here. Yeah. But it's it's inclusive in in uh, in nature, and I like to leverage the strengths of individuals in the building of a team. At times, there's leaders that will focus in on, hey, we need to work on this. You need to work on this. You got to. If we focus and harness our time and spend our time on the strengths coming together versus the areas of developmental opportunities, you could probably get more, okay? Mm -hmm. The other thing that comes into it that I'll say as it relates to inclusivity is I'll tell my team this all the time, you have a seat at the table. But with that seat comes the responsibility of leveraging your voice. Don't give up your seat because you're not leveraging your voice. If you have something to say, say it because the overall team would benefit from it and i think that's a those are two key pieces around how i choose to lead my team um and uh and really kind of make sure that we're uh, we're focusing in on what we need to the other piece is you cannot afford you could you can't afford not to have fun you got to be able to have fun and while i take my job very very seriously I don't always take myself seriously because I think people have to be able to to relate to their leaders yeah. and uh, and be able to form that relationship. How do you have fun at Cisco? Oh, you know what? Listen, fun <laughs> happens every single day. We have, uh, you know, even just whether it's on a conference call and, and just talking about, hey, what's what's going on or what, what happened in someone's uh, personal life or tell a funny story. It's like those are the things that you just can't miss the opportunities yeah. of connecting with uh with your with your team it's it's really a, it's a second family i mean you 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 spend more time at work than you do at, at home you know what the, the, i remember the days where people would say you know keep your work at work and keep your family you know your personal life at personal life and i don't think how much i don't i don't think you could do that yeah i think there's a blending 
of things that have to happen and you just got to accept that people are going to, you know, there's going to be times where your work follows you home and there's going to be time where your, your, your family follows you to work. And so, you know, being accepting of that and understanding of that is important to lead a team that size. Mm -hmm. So you got to, like I said, a different way. You just got to be real. Yeah. You got to be comfortable in who, in who you are and, uh, and how you lead. Yes. Yeah, no, that's, I, I agree. That's, I, in, in, in my work, being, being a mortgage agent here, um, I'm here long hours of the day, right? And you, you want to feel um, accepted. You, wanna, you want it to be in an open environment for you, right? Where um, you can talk about things that happened at home. Yep. You know, not have to, have to hide that and, and try to bubble it up while you're at work. Yep. That just leads to someone crashing and burning, right? Yeah, you can't do that. You have to be able to, to balance it. Uh, two more questions for you, and then I'll let you off the hook because you're uh, you're a very busy man. Um, looking ahead, what what are you seeing um, in at Cisco? Like, what are you what are you excited for five ten years from now? Where would you like uh, Cisco to be? Um, listen, I think that as you take a look at it, um, the industry is still very very exciting. There's a lot of opportunities for for continued growth across the Canadian landscape. Um, if I think through it. There are obviously challenges that are ahead like any industry will have. Mm -hmm. And the key that I think through is, you know, you think about, you know, um, inflation, you think about uh, labor uh, costs going up. And I'm really thinking about from an operator perspective. Okay, operators, local operators, the, the, the mom and pop shops, if you will, as well as the bigger restaurants are under pressure when you think about the, uh, you know, economic situations that, that could be happening in the next few years. Yeah. I think the most important thing that Cisco has to do, we have to do, is we have to position ourselves with our partners. I say partners not only from a customer perspective, but from a vendor perspective and from a colleague perspective to be able to anticipate and solution for problems ahead of time. Okay, so we have to be able to put ourselves in the customer's shoes, put ourselves at the table with the customers, ask them, what do you anticipate in your business? And then we should go back and find solutions mm -hmm. that'll mm -hmm. help make them more successful. Because at the end of the day, when we make our partners and our, and our customers more successful, we're able to deliver that purpose of connecting the world to share food and care for one another. Yes. Okay, that's, that's what makes me excited each and every single day is how do we help them? And like, I'm just thinking from, you know, a mom and pop shop that's, uh, that's working with, with Cisco. The last thing they want to be hit with is the cost to get the goods and services that they provide to their, to their shop. Yeah. It's, it's a critical piece and it's something that could throw off the complete game. And like you said, predicting what's to come. Like if there was a way to, to know a pandemic was going to hit, but now everyone's everyone's ready for the next one, right? Yeah, and, and you know, listen, the challenges that, that are thrown at us from generation to generation, year to year, will make us more resilient and it makes the industry more resilient. Mm -hmm. this, this industry is resilient. The key that we have to understand is, you know, how do we, I, I'm, I'm big on this partnership type of framework because it's not just partnering with our own internal resources. It's partnering with community resources. It's partnering with 
federal resources. It's partnering with provincial resources. Yeah. Okay. To really make sure that we're thinking and we're telling the story that needs to be told to be able to ensure growth for the future. Well said. And now my, my final question, it's one I, I, I'm starting to ask regularly on every show. If you could look at um, a young person wanting, being, wanting to be in your role one day or a, a, a young uh, Roger Francis walk through the door, what would be some advice you would share with that person? I'll tell you the same advice I tell my boys. It's no difference, okay? I say to the boys all the time, I'm like, first things first, don't be afraid of taking chances. Like my career evolved over a long period of time. Yeah. Okay, I went from one industry to another industry to another industry, okay? Um, and I think back to, you know, my, my parents' generation that had to immigrate over, they took chances. So I would say this, don't be afraid of taking chances. Again, because the first piece of definition of failure is first attempt in learning. So I think that you have to be able to bet on yourself at times mm -hmm. and be confident with that, okay? The other thing is as you take chances, okay? Um, the thing that I would say is you have to be able to, and this is what I had to learn quickly. It was 19 years with CBS. So I was pretty much institutional. I knew everything. Yeah. Uh, I knew how the building blocks were stacked, if you will. The key is you have to be able to learn, unlearn, and relearn. Learn, unlearn, and relearn. What did you learn? What do you now need to unlearn? But then how do you reapply it in the new business? Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important piece that comes into to it. So every opportunity, anytime the door has even had a crack open into it, I've, and, and I'm blessed because it's not just me. You know, my wife, Tiffany, 19 years, we've been married 19 years and we've moved 10 times for opportunities. So um, as you think about it, those are the three things that I would say is, is one, you know, um, don't be afraid of stepping into the door if it's cracked open as an opportunity. Think about what can I, what have I learned? What can I unlearn and what do I relearn in, in, in the process? And the third piece is every time you try something different, you're learning something new and don't be afraid of that. Completely agree. I that's how I felt like going into the mortgage business, knew nothing about it. And I, I took the step forward, realized I could make zero dollars or I could make as, what, as much as I wanted, right? Yeah. Um, that initial jump is scary. It's scary. It's very scary, um, especially if, if you've been there for a while. And many people don't make that. And that's, that's, that's cool, too. But one of the things that I'll tell you, I'll, I'll never forget, you know, if I could go back in time and say, what would you tell your younger self? Yeah. I remember when I graduated pharmacy school and, uh, you know, Eddie checked the, I was on the 18th hole at Kingsville and um, Eddie, I had him check the website to see if I got licensed. He's like, congratulations, you're licensed. <laughs> and I remember standing there with a couple of my high school buddies and saying to myself, you're done learning. School's done. You're so, done learning. So you thought. <laughs> and, and I look back, if I was to go back in time and stand on that 18th green, I'd say, you're never done learning until you're done. So uh, that's the piece that comes in every single day is like, what can I learn more that makes me better tomorrow? Yeah. That's my approach. 
and it, I graduated last year, and that's how I felt. I'm like, okay, no more school. Yeah. And I realized, oh, great, I have to write a course for my mortgage license, right? <laughs> but it, it, it keeps you energized, um, and, and it builds you as an individual. It builds your leadership uh, abilities and um, just your, your mental capacity. It keeps you young. Yeah. Right? There's... And, and the thing that I would say is you, you got to be a student of the business, a constant student of the business, and you got to be a student of life. And that's that's the stuff that just happens every single day is how am I going to, what am I going to learn in the business and what am I going to learn in life that I'm going to be able to apply uh, tomorrow? And more importantly, how can I pass that along to, to the next generation? And you just did. Okay, I, 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 uh, I learned a ton and I hope you did um, watching. Be sure to check out coffeewithcraner.com. If you missed this episode, want to watch it um, all over again, or if you want to check out the past uh, Francis episodes, we have Eddie, Fred, and Roger, the Francis trifecta on the show today. Roger, it was a pleasure. Thank you very really much. Really appreciate, appreciate your time. That. Thank you. And thanks to those watching. We'll see you soon.